This is John W. Whitehead, author of Battlefield America, The War on the American People, bringing you a message about the state of our nation. In his recent remarks about the one-year anniversary of the war in Ukraine, President Biden proclaimed, and I'm quoting here, Autocrats only understand one word, no, no, no. No, you will not take my country. No, you will not take my freedom. No, you will not take my future. A dictator bent on rebuilding an empire will never be able to ease the people's love of liberty. Brutality will never grind down the will of the free. End of quote. Well, what hypocrisy. To hear President Biden talk about Russia's aggression against Ukraine, you might imagine that Putin is the only dictator bent on expanding his military empire through the use of occupation, aggression, and oppression. Yet the United States is no better. Having spent much of the past half-century policing the globe, occupying other countries, and waging endless wars, what most Americans fail to recognize is that these ongoing wars have little to do with keeping the country safe and everything we do with propping up a military-industrial complex that has its sights set on world domination. War has become a huge money-making venture, and the U.S. government, with its vast military empire, is one of the best buyers and sellers. America's part in the showdown between Russia and the Ukraine has already cost American taxpayers more than $112 billion and shows no sign of abating. Clearly, it's time for the U.S. government to stop policing the globe. The U.S. military reportedly has more than 1.3 million men and women on active duty, with more than 200,000 of them stationed overseas in nearly every country in the world. Incredibly, America's military forces aren't being deployed abroad to protect our freedoms here at home. Rather, they're being used to guard oil fields, build foreign infrastructure, and protect the financial interests of the corporate elite. In fact, the United States military spends about $81 billion a year just to protect oil supplies around the world. The reach of America's military empire includes close to 800 bases in as many as 160 countries, operated at a cost of more than $156 billion annually. An investigative journalist, David Vine, reports, and I'm quoting here, even U.S. military resorts and recreation areas in places like the Bavarian Alps and Seoul, South Korea, are bases of a kind. Worldwide, the military runs more than 170 golf courses. End of quote. Well, folks, this is how a military empire occupies the globe. After 20 years of propping up Afghanistan to the tune of trillions of dollars and thousands of lives lost, the U.S. military may have finally been forced out, but those troops represent just a fraction of our military presence worldwide. In an ongoing effort to police the globe, American military service people continue to be deployed to far-flung places in the Middle East and elsewhere. This is how the military-industrial complex, aided and abetted by the likes of Joe Biden, Donald Trump, Barack Obama, George W. Bush, Bill Clinton, and others, continue to get rich at taxpayer expense. Yet while the rationale may keep changing for why American military forces are policing the globe, these wars abroad aren't making America or the rest of the world any safer, and are certainly not making America great again, and are undeniably digging the U.S. deeper into debt. War spending is bankrupting America. Although the U.S. constitutes only 5% of the world's population, 
America boasts almost 50% of the world's total military expenditure, spending more on the military than the next 19 spending nations combined. In fact, the Pentagon spends more on war than all 50 states combined in America spend on health, education, welfare, and safety. The American military-industrial complex has erected an empire unsurpassed in history, in its breadth and scope, one dedicated to conducting perpetual warfare throughout the planet. Since 2001, the U.S. government has spent more than $4.7 trillion waging its endless wars. Having been co-opted by greedy defense contractors, corrupt politicians, and incompetent government officials, America's expanding military empire is bleeding the country dry at a rate more than $32 million per hour, believe it or not. In fact, the U.S. government has spent more money every five seconds in Iraq than the average American earns in a year. Future wars and military exercises waged around the globe are expected to push the total bill upwards of $12 trillion by 2053. Talk about fiscally irresponsible. The U.S. government is spending money it doesn't have on a military empire it can't afford. Unfortunately, even if we were to put an end to all the government's military meddling and bring all the troops home today, it would take decades to pay down the price of these wars and get the government's creditors off of our backs. As investigative journalist Jury Friedman puts it, for more than 15 years now, the United States has been fighting terrorism with a credit card, essentially bankrolling the wars with debt in the form of purchases of U.S. Treasury bonds by U.S.-based entities like pension funds and state and local governments and by countries like China and Japan. Americans have thus far allowed themselves to be spoon-fed a steady diet of pro-war propaganda that keeps them content to wave flags with patriotic fervor and less inclined to look too closely at the mounting body counts, the ruined lives, the ravaged countries, the blowback arising from ill-advised targeted drone killings and bombing campaigns in foreign lands or the transformation of our homeland into a war zone. That needs to change, and as soon as possible. James Madison was right, and I'm quoting the man who wrote our Bill of Rights. No nation could preserve its freedom in the midst of contential warfare. As he explained further, of all the enemies to public liberty, war is perhaps the most to be dreaded because it comprises and develops the germ of every other. War is the parent of armies. From these proceed debts and taxes, known instruments for bringing the many under the domination of the few. We are seeing this play out before our eyes today, ladies and gentlemen. The government is destabilizing the economy, destroying the national infrastructure through neglect and a lack of resources and turning taxpayer dollars into blood money with its endless wars, drone strikes, and mounting death tolls. Clearly, our national priorities are in desperate need of an overhauling. As I make clear in my book, Battlefield America, The War on the American People, and its fictional counterpart, The Eric Blair Diaries, war is the enemy of freedom. As long as American politicians continue to involve us in wars that bankrupt the nation, jeopardize our servicemen and women, increase the chances of terrorism, and blow back domestically, and push the nation that much closer to eventual collapse, we the people will find ourselves in a perpetual state of tyranny. The Rutherford Institute is doing its part to push back against the police state and make the government play by the rules of the Constitution. But we can't fight these battles alone. 
To join the resistance, visit our website at www.rutherford.org and check out our library of thought-provoking commentaries, legal resources, and so much more. Subscribe to our email alerts and I will send you my weekly commentary, Rutherford press alerts, and a weekly rundown of pertinent headlines and news articles to keep you apprised of the growing threats to our freedoms. And finally, if you are able, please consider making a tax-deductible donation to the Rutherford Institute by again visiting us online at www.rutherford.org or donate using PayPal. Your donation allows the Rutherford Institute to push back against the government's power grabs, corruption, and ongoing assaults on the Constitution. Together, we can make America free again.